0: Hello, and welcome to the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason podcast. I'm Amy Donaldson, and this week I'm flying solo. Jason Lee is on assignment, so it's just me by myself. Well, sort of by myself. Me hosting alone, but I'm actually joined this week by Dan Dugan, who is the uh, Salt Lake City Council member. Dan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Amy, it's uh, wonderful to be here today, and I, I look forward to this conversation.
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk, uh, as everything in the universe feels right now, uh, about the, cor- the new coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, and Dan, first tell me uh, how long you served on the Salt Lake City Council and how you came to be on the council.
1: Well, I've uh, been on the council now since January 6th. That's when the, my swearing-in date was. So it was my official first day of office and first meeting. Uh, and I ran for the office uh, back in the this, this summertime and springtime. And, it, you know, I had no idea that I wanted to be into politics, but I decided to get into politics for other reasons, for the Inland Port. And I just ran, I knocked on doors, and I won the election.
0: So the Inland Port was what motivated you to get into politics?
1: The Inland Port and clean air was my biggest motivation, biggest driving factor, yes.
0: Okay, all right. And, um, and so you're, you're in politics. Now, what did you do before politics?
1: Well, I still work in the manufacturing world, but okay. I'm also re- I'm a retired Navy uh, aviator and I spent 20 years in the Navy.
0: OK. Um, and so uh, you actually uh, were uh, you, you tested positive for COVID-19. I'm still struggling with it. Is it diagnosed? Because some people have no symptoms. So it's a, an interesting terminology. But you uh, I guess maybe you were exposed on the D.C. trip. Is that right? Do you want to just tell us the story of how you came to be positive?
1: Sure. Uh, the city council had a trip to Washington, D.C. And it was it, with other cities and council and elected officials. And it was really kind of to bring us all together to, to learn from each other's uh, experiences. And while in D.C., uh, we were just starting the no handshake. But I think when I came home, I somehow contacted someone with the, uh, COVID-19. There was two of us who got uh, tested positive. Or, and uh, I tested positive after 14 days of coming back from Washington, D.C.,
0: Okay, so you went on the trip with, uh, you said, five other council members?
1: Yes, five other council members went on the trip. We were gone from the, like the 7th through the 12th. Of Right
0: March? around that time
1: frame. Of March? Of March, yes. Okay,
0: so they had already kind of said, like, stop shaking hands, but did you think much of it? What did you think?
1: You know, I, I didn't think much of it, and, and actually I think even the whole the whole uh, conference was kind of joking about the no handshakes and the fist bumps and everything else because they did have signs that says, hey, this is going to be a a handshake-free area. Uh, But that was it. We were still in a large conference room. We were still in big meeting rooms. We were still mingling, but it was just no handshake. And even that was not always enforced because people were still handshaking because it was just kind of routine. You always did that. So it wasn't wasn't – we we weren't really – grasping the whole severity of the problem
0: yeah and i think um i mean i it's so ingrained in us to shake hands that i'll tell you a funny story i actually tried to shake the hand of the summit county health director um when i met him and he's like no let me and he held his elbow out i was but you know we just that's what we've done all our lives right in business so
1: absolutely we we met with uh all the utah representatives so mcadams stewart lee everybody and and uh we all went into their offices, and we all wanted to shake hands, and we just, like, we couldn't. And some of them were, like, all about shake hands. I'm, like, no, nah, I think we should should do this.
0: Okay. So you kind of, it was the beginning of, like, this is a significant.
1: It um, was the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yes. And so you come home. Did you start, you said you you started feeling sick on the flight home?
1: I don't think I felt sick on the flight home, but once I got home, I thought, oh, wow, I have a I have a headache. I don't feel good. And I was, like, well, maybe I'm just dehydrated from the flight, mm-hmm. and that can happen. Yeah. But that evening, I was, like, nope. I have a low-grade fever, and I checked my temperature. It was about 100, 100, so it wasn't high. Took a couple, you know, ibuprofen, and I was fine. But I had that fever for a couple days, and I thought, I I could have this. Mm-hmm. So I just self-quarantined. Okay. But at that time, you also couldn't get tested so because there wasn't enough testing available, so I just kind of stayed at the house.
0: Okay. And so when did you end up getting tested, or how?
1: So that was on... I wish I had my calendar. That was on the, probably the uh, the 12th or the 13th. Yeah, the 12th or so. And then, you know, as I'm looking at the numbers and I'm seeing that Utah is getting more testing available, I finally uh, – and I had called in prior to that, and I couldn't get tested because I didn't ha- meet all the criteria. Mm-hmm. I didn't hit the mark yet. But if they finally had enough tests. They said, yes, come on in. So I went down to the Sugar House uh, facility, the drive-through. Mm-hmm. They tested me, and 24 hours later they said, yes, you're positive. And I was at day 13 of self-quarantine.
0: Wow. And so how long did they ask you to stay home?
1: They said, because I had, I didn't have the symptoms for uh, like the four or five days prior to that. They said 72, at minimum of 72 hours before you go out. I'm like, well, that's, that's easy. It's just, you know, cause just like, I think on a Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, I said, okay, I can do that. And so I, I just stayed at home for another five days, actually.
0: And so what are you thinking as far yeah. as like, were you, did you run through your head? Like, who have I talked to? Where have I been?
1: Yeah, you know, my daughter lives in Washington, D.C. Uh, so, you know, I was with her, with her friends, with everybody else. And that was the only people I was, with, I was with. You know, once I came home, I was really kind of just, I stayed at home. Okay. And I immediately went to a separate bedroom. We went downstairs and slept in the a, a different bathroom for my wife.
0: Mm-hmm. And your wife hasn't, uh, she hasn't gotten it?
1: Well, she didn't get any symptoms and she tested, she did get tested because she was you know, living with me and, but she tested negative. Okay. And the scary part is though, that's, there is a high percentage also that test negative. There's a false negative. Okay. I don't know the, the numbers, but there are false negatives out there.
0: Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a crazy time. Um, she was gonna... also
1: self. She was also basically quarantining. Okay.
0: So we're going to take a break right now. Um, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about um, preventative measures and you've been an advocate of people wearing masks even before they're exposed or, you know, just going out in public. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. You're listening to the Voices of Reason podcast.
1: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at KSLPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
0: Welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. This is Amy Donaldson. I am without my co-host Jason Lee this week, um, but I am joined by Salt Lake City Councilman Dan Dugan. Um, we've been talking about uh, coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, the illness caused by coronavirus, um, and Dan c- contracted that, or uh, contracted, uh, you, you tested positive for that after um, traveling to DC, and do they ever tell you um, that they can trace back to where you got it, or it's just, you think it... You were exposed on the trip, and you just don't know where.
1: I, they can't really trace it back, but we, because uh, the, the whole conference was people from city government from across the United States. Mm. So from Washington State to Florida, from you know Maine to California. So they can't trace it back to any specific person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think I could just trace it back as long as the other council member, probably to DC, because when we came back from that trip, we uh, experienced the symptoms.
0: Okay so you know for sure it was that. Um, so when did you become an advocate of people wearing masks uh, just whenever they go out?
1: I became an advocate. I got a, uh, an email and a note from a friend of mine to, to watch a, a YouTube video called Mask for All. A guy named Jeremy uh, Howard hosted it. And I uh, really kind of set my tone and says, hey, we need to wear masks. I'd always thought we, it was smart to wear masks in public, Mm-hmm. but the CDC and everybody was telling us not to wear them. But I was having my back of my head. It was like, why aren't we, why isn't everybody wearing them? When I watched this YouTube video, it kind of said, set, set. told me, Hey, this is a smart thing to do. And we need to make it mandatory across the, the, the city.
0: Okay. So you're, you were an advocate of people wearing them. Um, just because you felt like it, I mean, again, we're not, you and I are not scientists and right. we don't, we're not doctors. Correct. Um, but, uh, So that was an interesting thing because I I would see people wearing them or people wearing masks. I remember flying somewhere in February and lots of people wore masks. And the CDC was saying it doesn't help you not get sick. It helps you not spread it if you are sick, but it doesn't help you if you're not sick. And I didn't understand that, um, but, you know, I didn't worry about it either. Um, But I think, do you think it would have made a difference had we just, I mean, was it because we didn't have enough masks?
1: I think my personal belief is I think the CDC was concerned that we didn't have enough masks and people were going to want to use the N95 mask. And I want to be flat out and say the N95 masks are for health health workers, doctors, first responders, nurses in that field. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be wearing those masks. And I think the CDC was concerned that People would try and go out and buy those masks hoard those masks when they they don't really need them yeah. and we need them for our, our uh, first responders and our health providers so I think that was their concern because I had the same issues like I don't understand why I shouldn't wear a mask and I should only wear it if I'm sick I didn't didn't I was always trying to figure out how why the reasoning was there and I couldn't get it
0: mm-hmm. um and so we, did you talk to anybody about it did you guys talk about when when you're talking to Mayor Mendenhall about the possibilities of, you know, stay-at-home orders or stay-at-home requests, um, did you guys talk about requiring masks to be out in public?
1: I've uh, I put the uh, the seed out there that we should look at it, but we're you know we, we kind of have to defer to the experts, the, the scientists, and the, and that's the CDC, and they're not telling us to do that. So it's kind of hard to push something that the CDC is not pushing. I mean, I've been seeding it. I'm trying to do my own part of it but really it's kind of hard for us to push it because i'm not the scientist
0: yeah um yeah i so without the science backing or without the scientist saying this is necessary or this will be helpful it's hard to make that case i guess to the public
1: right and so i i put out to friends and others and actually to the to different staff and saying hey watch this jeremy howard youtube video called mass for all it's dry cuz he's a data scientist mm-hmm. but it really kind of it, it kind of lays out the whole reasoning to wear a mask and where other countries have gone that route and they're showing uh, a positive effect by wearing masks in public
0: now do the masks uh make it less do, i mean can you do more can you or do you still have to do the stay at home
1: no yeah i think i think uh, good very good question so i i look at it as it's a, like a Four things we have to do. First, we gotta stay home if we're sick. Obviously, we gotta wash our hands, and we be ultra religious about that. We gotta be fanatical about that. Wash it more than you should. You know, the third thing is the social distancing, and 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 then incorporate wearing masks in public. Wear it when you go to the store. Wear it uh, when you're going out to get gas. Wear it when when you're involved with other people. If you do all four of those things together, they have a big impact. But individually, they, they, they may just have a very small impact. So they have to be working in conjunction with each other.
0: Okay. Um, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit further um, on just uh, as, a, as a, a member of the council of the, in the capital city, um, what governing has been like um, in, during this crisis and where you see this going. Um, you're listening to the Voices of Reason podcast. Welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. I'm Amy Donaldson. Uh, Jason Lee is on assignment this week, so you have just me as your host. Um, I'm joined, though, by Salt Lake City Councilman Dan Dugan. Um, he's, we've been talking about his experiences. He was he tested positive for uh, COVID-19 after a trip to D.C., as did one other city council member. And um, and has been, um, you know, I don't think it's because of being sick, right? Am I right that you advocated the use of masks? That came separately? No.
1: Yeah, that's separately.
0: Okay, um, and so what? What's the reaction of people when you say maybe we should be asking people to wear masks out in public?
1: I think people are now kind of going. They may be getting it. I think if if I uh, when I first started out, they'd all kind of like laugh and like, "Hey, you're overreacting." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll I'll take that heat if we're overreacting and saving someone's life. But I think now people are actually doing it. I think there's a lot of uh, momentum to say, hey, this is the right thing. People are actually starting to wear them out in public. Uh, there's still a stigma for it. It's like, who's that you know, nutcase over there wearing a mask? Yeah, right? who's but that hypochondriac?
0: Now,
1: <laughs> right, who's that hypochondriac? Yeah. What's he doing? I mean, I can't imagine going to his house. Now, I think people are actually going, this may be smart. Mm-hmm. And we actually now need to make it cool. It's got to be the new beanie. You're wearing <laughs> a cool mask instead of a beanie.
0: Uh-oh, oh. I see. See, you're thinking like a businessman. How can we make this? How can we, we sell this? Right. Um, well, so the, the next question then becomes if, you, if this is an advantage and it does help stop, stop or slow the spread, then how do people get masks? Because I know as soon as this discussion started happening, you mentioned a YouTube video um, with a, a data guy. Uh, people started saying, well, where can I buy a mask? And so how do we get people masks if they're not enough for healthcare? I mean, and there are different masks. We're saying Right. There's a different think, level of protection for the rest of us in healthcare workers.
1: Right, but the healthcare workers, by and large, they have to have the N95s. We, yeah. those have to be only to them. We can make our own. There's enough YouTube videos out there, Facebook things that show you how to make masks. There's there's uh, uh, church groups. There's people who are great sewers can make an easy, simple mask. I'm wearing a mask made by a, a neighbor. It's a fantastic mask. It's kind of it's. It's kind of cool. Well, even yeah. if I'm an old guy, <laughs> but it, it's you can make the homemade mask, and then you can rewash them, and, and you can microwave them, and boom, you can reuse them. So okay. I, I think there you can do it.
0: And I and I should mention, there's actually a, comp, a Utah company that has stopped making their normal stuff, GameStop, and they're actually manufacturing for a buck twenty-five um, a mask that you could wear. That's it seems like a pretty decent mask. And uh, and then uh, I know there are like you say a lot of uh, people who are making them
1: well, from a pattern
0: that the CDC put out that yeah, actually pat- protects the, if you want to reuse an N95 mask, you can protect it.
1: Right. You can also protect it. But I've also seen a video where a woman takes a, uh, like a, a handkerchief mm-hmm. to uses two little uh, hair tie, you know, the the whatever you call those, the elastics on your hair ties. Yeah. Right. Scratches, and she puts, yeah. and, and she has, and she wears it as a mask. It's like, Oh, that's odd. That's easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could always just go back to the bandana, which I wore. Exactly. For like three straight years as a kid when I wanted to be an outlaw. (laughs) Right,
1: right, right. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I I do think. So you're saying, because I think it's interesting. I've been in the grocery store. You've probably been there as well. And people are, some people are really careful. They have gloves and masks. And then I saw a video saying, don't wear like the rubber gloves because, the virus can actually adhere better to the rubber than your hands and you should just wash your hands. And I don't know. I just think we get so many mixed messages. I think it's going to be, it'll be an easy sell for some people. Some people will say, forget it. I'm not going out without my, you know, space suit. And then other people will be like you say, saying, you know, you're a hypochondriac or you're just listening to the government or, um, it's a really tough I guess, tone to find as a, as a as people who are in charge. So how do you strike that balance?
1: I think we, you know, as, as an elected official or anybody else, we have to make that hard decision. Mm-hmm. We got to make that hard call for the benefit of our community, for the benefit of the globe, the planet. And, and, you know, look back in the day when no one wore seatbelts, no one wore helmet mountain biking, no one did any of that stuff. And now it's, you have to. I mean, you're actually being a bad parent if your kid doesn't wear a helmet. In this case, I think we're being a we're disservice to our community and ourselves if we don't wear the mask. Mm-hmm. We do that in public, and this now helps the scientists and the doctors and gives them time to actually do the research and find a vaccine by by flattening that curve. And this may be overreacting, but if this overreaction reduces you know, a sickness or an illness to one of your loved ones or my loved ones, then mm-hmm. I'll take that heat.
0: As a city leader, are you concerned that the city has issued a state home order, but the state has not?
1: I would like to see a, a harder line from the from the, the state. Mm-hmm. I, I applaud the mayor. Mayor Mendenhall and her staff is doing a fine job, and I think they're, they're working their tails off. Uh, I would like to see a... a Dan Dugan speaking. I'm uh, yeah. pushed harder from the from the state. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, if what what is your answer then? I guess to say, I I saw this on Twitter. What about Loa, Utah? If you've been to Loa, it's in Wayne County. It's beautiful, but there's not a lot of people. Um, so why should we all? Ha- why should the entire state have to be under a state home order when it's really the Wasatch Front or the large population uh, areas, the urban, you know, Saint George, Logan that front that are the the concerns. Um, what do you what do you say to that?
1: You know this thing doesn't have a boundary. Mm-hmm. It's not the, the the virus doesn't just go to the uh, the Summit County line and stop. Mm-hmm. It goes further. And how many people in lower are actually just going to the next city over? How many are going to go up to Moab? How many are going to go somewhere else? It only takes that one person, and the next thing it spreads. So mm-hmm. everywhere and. Needs to take this in, into a, account, and you got to you got to be forced across the, the globe because it's global, it's mm-hmm. pandemic. It started in across the world. It's here. It's in Loa.
0: Yeah. Um, we're gonna take one more break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk just a little bit more about uh, the governing um, the challenges. I guess is the best way, to, you know, to sum that up. Um, you're listening to the Voices of Reason podcast. Welcome back to the Voices of Reason podcast. This is Amy Donaldson. I am flying solo today. Jason Lee is out on assignment. Um, I'm joined today by Salt Lake City Council member Dan Dugan. Um, he is, uh, I should say, you have recovered from your COVID-19, right? <laughs> like, so you tested positive, but you basically got the test when you'd already recovered. And uh, you got it, uh, were exposed to the virus on a trip to D.C., and you have been uh, an advocate for masks, but probably an advocate of these social distancing measures, which we we said earlier in the show: wash your hands, adhere to social distancing, don't go out if you don't need to, and then and then this idea of wearing a mask when you do go out. Do you think the city is going to require that?
1: You know, I can't I can't answer that question. I think if the CDC uh, gives us some new guidelines, mm-hmm. I think uh, we could joint, jump on that, and I would be the first to uh, push hard for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know uh, the mayor is, uh, I mean, she's open-minded and the health of her residents and the health of her citizens and the Wasatch Front are forefront on her mind. And same thing on the city council. So I think we would be uh, strong if the CDC would also come out with this.
0: So what if the CDC does nothing, though? And you and it just keeps getting, I we're up to like 500, over 500 cases in Salt Lake County right now. Um, they have the highest number of hospitalizations. Well, I think it's at 50. Um, what at the time of this recording, because this stuff changes daily. um, But what if they don't give you any guidance? What if you're just sort of left as a city and the state doesn't do anything any different?
1: Well, I'll just try to do my best in uh, pushing for harder and and, and trying to educate everybody and kind of just saying, Hey, this overreaction is good. We should be there. This is something we should be proud of ourselves for overreacting because I think it's the benefit of our of our health and our citizens, but also of our businesses. Mm-hmm. If we can do this and we do all four of those things, stay home, social distancing, wash your hands, wear a mask, now we might be able to open up some businesses. But first we have to be, uh, I mean, just strict and overly cautious on doing it all together because if we, if we do it all together, it'll work. If we do it separately and individually, it's not going to work. we got to do it as a full community What's and his- all four of them.
0: Yeah, what's it been like um to just do the city's business, to just be in the position of trying to make decisions and and govern when there is this horrific crisis? I mean, it's not just that it threatens the lives and health of the people of Salt Lake and of Utah. It's that it's it's tanking the economy. I mean, think of all the the conventions that were canceled, right? The, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, how how do you as a city councilman even you know, get your mind around some of the stuff you have to deal with?
1: Well, I, I first have to say, I'm so happy to be on the city council. And the city council has got a, it's a great group of uh, individuals with a great staff, along with the mayor and the, her staff. We're working really hard together. It is, it is difficult because you're, you're weighing all these different factors. But uh, I always look at the factor of the, our health, if we do that right, the business and the economy will get stronger because we we have the resilience on the business and community side of the house. But we got to be confident that when we go out that we're, we're safe.
0: Yeah, and do you, but I mean, have you guys at all shifted? Are you still in the, let's get this thing under control, let's flatten the curve, let's just worry about that? Or have you thought at all about what do we need to do to help these businesses survive? Because some of them said they can't survive two months.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's uh, both sides of the, both sides of the issues, flatten the curve, but also helping out the business. We had a, we did a a million dollars, uh, loans, zero interest free for five years to a number of, uh, Salt Lake city, small businesses. We spent that within the first week or so. We, I think we just uh, handed out the first, the second half million, uh, just this past week. So we're doing everything we can. You know, the utilities have stopped any, uh, utilities have, uh, foregone any, uh, Stopping for a couple months, the rent evictions. I mean, we're doing everything we can for the for the businesses, trying to promote the the, the residents here that take out food at your favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, doing anything you can.
0: Have there things that you've seen um, from businesses, uh, you know, adaptations, creativity that have made you think, hey, we might come out of this a little bit more resilient or a little bit more creative in the way we? deliver services or goods or or just make money uh,
1: uh, oh i think i think the whole idea that the takeouts you see it's amazing you know the bookstore you, you you go online you buy the book they either mail it to you or deliver it to you or drop it off front you know the you're now restaurants are to go mm-hmm. uh that's fa- fascinating other things are i think people are just new businesses are springing up uh because now you have to do it by the web vice Ice in person. Mm-hmm. The hardest will be all the the per, the uh, personal businesses, the ones that massages, haircuts. How do we how do we bring them back?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the, but we also maintain our safety and our health.
0: Yeah, and and I guess I'm guessing you guys haven't even gotten to that yet. It's more a matter of dealing with yeah. the crisis at hand first,
1: right? I think I think we're all thinking that, but I don't think we've collectively been able to wrap our hands on how we solve that one, because that's going to take, that's again, the community and the businesses on the side, but we're looking out hard for all our our local businesses and making sure that they're getting all the resources they need to survive.
0: How frustrating, or is it frustrating as a local um, government leader um, to try to contain and control something that like you say, doesn't have a boundary. It's not like you can just solve the problem for Salt Lake city. If you don't solve the problem for the entire state and really the entire country, uh, you know, and maybe the entire continent, (laughs) it's not solved. It'll come back. And so, what do you do as a local government official?
1: I'm just taking a deep breath right now because it is. (laughs) I just made you feel
0: really overwhelmed. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Right. It is because you're, you know, again, it doesn't have a boundary. It doesn't stop at, you know, the South Salt Lake you know, and the county level. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all have to come together and, you know, from the county level, from the different cities levels to work that out and to, to solve that problem together. But we have to, we have to agree that hey, this is a, the, the path forward and, and this is the way we got to go and this is not going to be easy. But if we don't do it together, we're going to fail miserably and we have to make sure we're doing it together.
0: Is there anything uh that's top of your list that's concerning you?
1: Uh oh, I think we just talked about it. Is it
0: is it. the lack of boundary like that you have to that other people have to buy in? Yeah, but this is
1: yeah. this is like yeah, we have to do this together cuz then we got to give our doctors and our and our and our researchers the time to to focus and solve the problem. Mm-hmm. They will do it, but right now we're not giving them the time because they're 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 putting out the other fires. We're actually they're trying to put the fire out and we're fe- feeding the kindling in the back end because we're not doing our job.
0: Okay. Um, and so what would your final plea be to, to you know, other government, other other city leaders and other communities, but also just regular people?
1: Uh, I would want to say that, you know, we may be considered overreacting, but that's okay. But we have to do some basic things as a whole community and we all have to embrace that. We can't just let oh, if you're healthy, you don't have to worry about it. No, that's not true. We we all have to. Every individual has to take a, take a, a responsibility in making sure we're doing the right things: staying yeah. at home, social distancing, washing our hands, wearing a mask. So
0: it, we're so good at agreeing <laughs> on things right now in our in our lives, <laughs> right. especially politically, um, and everything becomes a political issue for some reason. Yes, um, is there? have you guys brainstormed or are you still looking for ways that would um, sort of bring people together around this? Because it does seem like if you say, hey, look, you'll keep other people safe if you stay home, that people would be um, motive; They would be moved by that. They would be that would motivate them to do it. But that's not motivating some people. And I just wonder, have you guys thought of ways? Are you still struggling with how do we reach everyone?
1: We haven't figured that one out. And I, and I struggle personally the same way. It's like, okay, people think that, oh, I can go out to the bars. I can go out and do this stuff. I, can, uh, I don't need to worry about that. I just struggle because I, I think because it's individual, indivisible and it spreads so easily, people aren't actually uh, accepting the fact that they could be actually hurting someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost one of those things, until it hits you at home, then you won't buy into it. which is sad Mm because then it's too late
0: and we are those rugged individuals this is where our american rugged individualism probably not a good trait (laughs) for us right (laughs) thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it i'm glad you uh, recovered and that your wife did not get sick and um just good luck to you good luck to the other city leaders all the local government officials i feel like the local government um officials from the health departments to the to the mayors um, and city councils have been the leaders in this, and I, I really appreciate all your work.
1: Thank you very much, and I and I have to take my hands off to the uh, hats off to the, the first responders, the mayor, the county health, because uh, I think they are doing a f- fantastic job, and we got to uh, keep backing them.
0: All so right. thank you, Amy, very thank, much. Thank you so much, and good luck with uh, your 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 tall task ahead of you. You've been listening to the Voices of Reason podcast. Join us again for an, the next episode of the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have comments about the show, please contact us via email at VORAMED at gmail.com or jasonl at gmail.com or on Twitter at adonsports or at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is vorpodcast. Check us out on our Facebook page. Um, you can find our feed and subscribe on any, anywhere that you listen to great podcast content, Google Play, the KSL app, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Be sure to review our show as we'd love to get your feedback, and it also helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Amy Donaldson. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil and try to be the voice of reason. Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.